Well, I, th- I had the uh, honor of being able to contribute to today's uh, Citizen, and I wrote an article in the Citizen uh, in a, I think it's Lake Life. It's one of the sections in the back on uh, All Souls Day and how it appears today on Sunday, which is kind of a liturgical anomaly. And the theme that I wanted to, one of the themes that I was talking about in the article was the connection between our practice as Catholics of praying for the dead and hope, the virtue of hope. And so today's homily is not going to be a repeat of what I wrote in the article, but I encourage you to read that article if you get the citizen and uh, and to see how both that article and today's homily here are, are complementary and they work together. Uh, today, though, I'd like to focus on the Catholic doctrine of purgatory. And one of the entrance points into understanding purgatory is a, a very basic truth, and that is as follows. Oftentimes, God forgives a sin or sins, but afterwards there is still atonement to be made, still some sort of expiation, still some sort or some kind of punishment that remains, even after forgiveness. And we can see that truth here in our first reading from Wisdom. So if you if you look closely at our reading, we see that this just soul is surrounded by God's love, by God's mercy, by God's forgiveness by God's friendship. Nonetheless, there is punishment mentioned. Nonetheless, there is chastisement mentioned. So he says, For if before men indeed they be punished, yet is their hope full of immortality. Chastised a little, they shall be greatly blessed. So along with forgiveness, along with mercy, there is also punishment. There is also chastisement. And this is another entry point into understanding uh, purgatory is the difference between the sacraments of baptism on the one hand and penance on the other. In the sacrament of baptism, there is a full remission of sin, of its guilt, and of all its consequences. So now most of us were baptized as infants, but if we uh, were baptized as adults, it's very likely we lived our adult lives and we had some serious sins that we committed. But if we were baptized after those sins, the, the guilt and the punishment that's due to those sins would have been completely remitted. So baptism is a means by which God's mercy reaches us in, a, in an absolute manner and takes away every, everything, the sin, the guilt, and all consequences. The sacrament of penance, on the other hand, is different. The sacrament of penance, the ancient fathers refer to as a laborious kind of baptism. Because in penance, oftentimes what happens is the, the guilt is remitted and we are readmitted to God's grace and to his friendship. Nonetheless, there is a chastisement, there is punishment that remains over. And this is why the priest requires the penitent to do an act of penance. And the, the deeper, though, uh, understanding of all this, though, is that even though... 
there is this chastisement, there is this punishment that remains even after forgiveness. It's within the context of God's mercy. And it is something that's to give us hope. Now, oftentimes, so, so how can you understand purgatory? Oftentimes, uh, a person dies and their sins are forgiven and they are just. They are justified. They are in God's grace. Nonetheless, there is still atonement to be made. And that's what purgatory is. Purgatory is a time after death when the soul is prepared to and is on the journey towards heaven but has not quite reached that point. And that it still needs to make atonement and expiation for its sins. And it is uh, a process of mercy, ultimately. The soul has died in the grace of God. It has the, the friendship of God. It has faith. It has the love of God. It has the virtue of hope. And this brings us to our uh, the psalm for the reading of the day. is actually Psalm 23. And in that psalm, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. And that's true for the souls, the holy souls in purgatory. God is with them, even though they're in a, in a place of, uh, of darkness, and there's a, there's a, there's punishment of some sort. And it's, so it's very important for us to, uh, us here today to pray for the holy souls in purgatory. It is an, an act of great mercy. And there is what's called in our tradition the, the practice of indulgences. And I like to speak just a little bit about indulgences to give us an understanding of what an indulgence is. As I had said, even though a sin can be forgiven, there's still punishments still chastisements that remain as a consequence of that sin. An indulgence is a remission not of the, the guilt, because the guilt's already been remitted, but an indulgence is a remission of the punishment and of the consequence of the sin. And there are two kinds of indulgences that can be gained for ourselves and they can be gained for our beloved dead who are in purgatory. The first kind of indulgence is a partial indulgence, and they're often very, very simple. So, for example, I'll give you a very simple partial indulgence. All you need to do is intend to gain an indulgence, and you have to just do a simple prescribed work, such as making the sign of a cross. That's it. So if you, every time you make the sign of the cross, if you intend to gain an indulgence by doing that act, you have thereby gained a partial indulgence either for yourself or for your uh, beloved dead, whatever your, your intention is. Very, very simple. Marian prayers, any prayer that you pray to Marian at the Memorare. If you pray the Memorare intending to gain a partial indulgence, you have gained one. It's very, very simple. Uh, a plenary indulgence is a full remission of all punishments due to sins already forgiven. And a plenary indulgence is gained, there's a number of conditions that have to obtain to gain a plenary indulgence. First of all, uh, you have to have no attachment to sin, no affection or emotional or uh, volitional attachment to sin. <clears throat> Secondly, you need to celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation. Thirdly, you need to receive Holy Communion. Fourthly, you need to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. And then finally, you do the prescribed work. 
And so one simple prescribed work to gain a plenary indulgence, and there's literally hundreds of different things that you can do to gain a plenary indulgence, but one very simple one I can give you is this. Meet all those conditions, and in addition to that, pray, ro pray a rosary, pray five decades of the rosary in a church or oratory. And you can hope to have gained a plenary indulgence for either yourself or your loved one. So this is a means of mercy for us that God has given to us through Holy Church. Uh, and it is a practice that we should educate ourselves about. You're probably not going to remember everything I just told you. But if you go and get a little book or you uh, talk to someone, talk to me afterwards, or you get on the internet, a book I highly recommend is called... Um, a Modern Guide to Indulgences by Ed Peters. A very, very thorough, updated, modern work on indulgences. The most thorough one you're going to find. It's only about, it's, it's lengthy in some respects, but it's, it gives you everything you need to know. It would be a reference work. It's about 80 or 90 pages, I believe. And so I encourage you to look into this and to be mindful of uh, your own need to, to make atonement for your sins and for the holy souls in purgatory, to have mercy upon yourself and to have mercy upon the holy souls for whom we pray today.